You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 216. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. As always, so thankful you're tuning into the show. I hope you're finding some value in Dose of Leadership. It is the show where we talk about leadership. We talk about it because it's important to every single one of us. At least one person is looking to each and every one of us for influence and guidance. It's not about the position. It's not about the title. It's not about necessarily having a job. It can be in the family, in any situation. Every interaction with another human being is an opportunity for leadership development and growth. So that's why we talk about leadership on the show. We bring folks on the show to talk about their leadership journey, their struggles, how they overcame adversity, applied it to, towards their success. And I love bringing these uh, interviews to you. So if you find some value in the show, I would highly appreciate if you could download it to your mobile device. If you've got an Apple device, iTunes, the podcast app, it's all free. Subscribe to it. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It means so much to me when you leave a rating and review. It helps so much in the visibility of the show keeps us front and center with more and more podcasts coming on the horizon every single day. And if you've got a uh, Android Stitcher, is a good app to use, free to download to your device and uh, take it with you and listen to you anytime you want. And again, appreciate all the feedback. Let me know where you're at in your journey, richard at doseofleadership.com, or you can go to my contact um, tab on my website, fill out the form. I will get back to you. As quick as I can, I promise you, I answer every single email. I love to hear where you're at in your journey. Let me know where you're at, what struggles you're having with. If you need a coach or if you know somebody that needs a coach, I specialize in working with high performers and high creatives. I like working with people who are going to get there anyway, but working with me, I can get you there a lot faster. And so I'm always looking to do individual coaching, but I do group coaching as well, speaking, keynotes, seminars, workshops, you name it, I can do it. Again, you can get more info at doseofleadership.com. Well, I'm so thrilled to have on my show today, Barbara Corcoran. If you're a fan of ABC's hit TV show, Shark Tank, on Friday nights, it's a staple for us here in the Ryerson household. Love watching that show. And Barbara is the family favorite here. And I was so excited to get her on the show. She's so genuine, so authentic, so nice. I love her story. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. For those who aren't familiar with Barbara, she... uh, had a pretty rough start, including straight D's in high school and college. She had 20 jobs by the time she turned 23. And it was that next job, the 24th job, that would make her one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country when she took a $1,000 loan to start the Corcoran Group. And again, she's can be seen on Shark Tank, and she's ponied up her own money, invested in over 22 businesses, competing to make those deals for all to see. And uh, she's been a huge shepherd of their success. 
She's got a book called Shark Tales. It's been out for a while, but it's her latest book. It takes you behind the scenes of her life, her business, and her scene on TV, Venture Capitalism. I love how she's kind of brash and blunt. I love that about her. She's bold. She's courageous. And she is a, um, a differentiator of opportunity and talent. And uh, I just love who she is, what she stands for. And I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's Barbara Corcoran from ABC's hit TV show, Shark Tank. Well, Barbara, what a thrill. Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Happy to be here, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, take me back to that time. You know, it's just a fascinating story. I love your journey. Take me back to that time. Only because you didn't do it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm curious to take me back to that time when you're, you're, you're D students, high school, college, working 20 jobs, you're the waitress. What was your dream then in that moment? What was your dream? You know, I really didn't have one. And, uh, I mean, I know that's not the right answer, uh, but I did definitely know what I what I didn't want to do. I guess it's kind of like picking out clothes you know, or wallpaper. You know which outfits you hate, and then you see what's still standing. Right. The one thing I definitely didn't want to do is work for somebody else. And other than that, I was kind of open to anything that would uh, you know make me report to myself. And so I had all those uh, many jobs growing up that I always had a boss, and even though I had probably more than my fair share of really nice bosses. I didn't like any of them. Nice. Simply because they were telling me what to do. So I guess yeah. I just really wanted to work for myself. That was about as far as my dream went. Yeah, and did you always know that? I mean, even at the very beginning, did you know you wanted to work for yourself? Um, well, when you say the very beginning, if you're talking about as a child, no. But one of the first jobs I had when I was 11, I was a playground supervisor. And lucky for me, my boss, who was supposed to run all the playground supervisors was no good at her job and she never showed up or told us what to do. So I do know out of the whole list of jobs that I had, uh, always part-time through through everything, I knew that that remained as my favorite one because I was allowed to invent whatever I wanted to do with those kids. Mm. So we had, uh, I changed chairs around, nobody had any problem, I made sure the kids came and had a healthy breakfast, I created games, I created publicity for the playground by submitting photos to the local newspaper, so I really feel like in hindsight, even though I was only 11 then, I felt like I had my own shop. And then all of the other jobs after that very much pale by comparison because I had the hot dog, uh, you know, uh, I was a hot dog golf uh, cart lady, which was great when I was by myself. But when the boss came and told me what to do, I hated that job. You know, I was a sales clerk and loved it when I was working with customers. But when the boss walked over and told me what to do differently, I hated that job. <laughs> and so I think that first very job uh, put the maybe the liking in my head of how nice it is not to have somebody tell you what to yeah. do. You know, it's interesting. The more entrepreneurial I've become, and, the, and in fact, I was interviewing an entrepreneur this morning, and we were talking about this whole idea is like kind of the um, uh, the obligation or the desire or the need, I can't find the right word, but to create, mm-hmm. this, no matter what it is. It can be a widget or mm-hmm. it, but the, just the idea right. of creating it. How important is creating for you? That's what I just heard from that, that first. Oh, it's everything. If, if there was one uh, thing that I think attributed or contributed, whatever the right word is, to my success, I would say it was my creative gene because yeah. I could really see a situation and think of four solutions like in the wink of an eye. Whether it was when I was a kid with my nine brothers and sisters and the whole neighborhood kids inventing uh, board games or chalk games, as we call them. I used to invent this game called the snail. And it used to whine sometimes two in our town, which just continued. I'd add to it, add to it. And, of course, it was gone the minute it rained. But uh, I would create all these 
incredible games that kids would love to play wonder what I was going to do next. And so uh, that was creative. And for me, building the business, my first real estate business, and now working with all the Shark Tank businesses, probably the most satisfying part for me is thinking of an idea. That's the fun part. And that is when you're building any business, I think for many people, the most fun part, thinking of new things like, oh, what if we do this? What if we do that? Creative problem solving is like the practical version of pure creativity uh, in the business arena. Yeah. So you got the $1,000, you borrowed it from the boyfriend that you had at the time. What what kind of, was was that a defining moment or is it just something that's kind of the natural course of no. events? You know, I was waitressing, and uh, he became my boyfriend because he offered me a ride home. And then within a year, he said, you'd be great at real estate sales. Why don't you start your own real estate company? I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. You know, I figured, I remember thinking at the time, why not? I've tried everything else. (laughs) And so it wasn't a defining moment like, whoa, yeah, this is the big kahuna. It was simply that once I started working for myself versus the job that I had quit to do that, which was being a receptionist uh, for a landlord company in answering the phone all day. Once I got out of the street hailing cabs, just opening doors for people, chatting them up, I thought, this isn't even like work. This is just like play. Right. And so I guess I clearly knew that that's, this was a great, great career path for me, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I set out to do that in any defining kind of way. Right. And so you start doing that. If you can sit there and look at the success that you started to um, experience over the years in the real estate business, what what defining traits or specific traits do you think contributed most to your success? Um, I think one big one is I had uh, no uh, value for money. Now, that mm. might sound odd because people think you go into business to make money, but I would spend it long before it even hit my checking account because I would have another idea and blow all the money and get another idea and blow all the money. And most of the ideas did not work, but some of them worked really, really well. And so I think my uh, lack of valuing money was very helpful because I was willing, I really, not only willing, I had the belief that money was meant to be spent. And so the minute there was any money on the horizon that we're making, a, you know, an extra commission for the month or something like that, I was like, my, my brain was all juicy with, my God, my God, what, what can I spend it on? <laughs> and so I was never adverse to risking money. It was for me just a matter of throwing the money on the wall and see what stuck. I, I kind of had that nonchalant attitude toward it. And believe me, if you're going to be uh, a small company that becomes very large, as we were able to do, a lot of it has to do with trying new things and being an innovator and staying ahead of the pack. Otherwise, how else are you ever going to catch up with your large competitors and excel beyond them unless you're trying new things and you're the leader of the pack by innovation, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that insight and the answer. You're right. I remember talking to um, uh, Jack DeBoer who who started Re- uh, Residence Inn years ago and he almost said the exact mm-hmm. same thing you said. They said, I never went into it. Yeah, of course, you know, we want to make money and that, that's kind of a given and we got to be profitable for it so we can grow. You have to pay your overhead basically. You know, right. you definitely have to do that or you don't get a chance to swing at the bat the next month, right? Right. But he was always, like you said, willing to, in, in just kind of the obligation of creation like we were talking about there, like having that, and I'm not worried about, because I can always make money is what he said. I'm not mm. w- worried about, that's something that I can always make more of and lose but he, he yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was always he was never worried about let me i think it's almost like losing money right he not not worried about losing money is what you're saying about yeah, him right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like the moment you stop worrying about being wrong your whole life can change it's almost like that's oh yeah 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 nothing's wrong with 
being wrong, that's for sure. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, most of the really good stuff that really did change my uh, business for the in a in a meaningful and also financial way was certainly the biggest mistakes because if you right there's always some angle on the on the on the flip side of that mistake if you're smart enough to be smelling it out, so to speak. You know, as, as you as you grew, and I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, and uh, Linda Rotenberg wrote a great book called "Crazy is a Compliment." I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but uh, just mm-hmm. fa- yes, I have. Yeah. Fascinating book, and and we were talking about this whole idea of um, you know, as, as you grow, um, the thing that kind of hit her as the as she started getting more people and more people around this whole idea of leading and um, leadership mm. and entrepreneurship come some together. Did that? How, how, tell me about that journey for you. I mean, what what point did you realize leading? was a very important part of entrepreneurship? You know, I don't think I did. I think I was a natural leader uh, because of my parents. Mm-hmm. I think we had 10 kids, but each of them are leaders. If, if you were to examine any of their lives, most of them are in business for themselves, except for one sister. Um, and uh, they're all natural-born leaders because I think my mother was and my father was. My mother was the uh, the leader of the neighborhood. She kind of like was the, the overseer in a way of all the kids in the neighborhood, not just us. And women went to her for advice. And then my dad was a leader, uh, I think, if nothing else, through sheer arrogance. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure anybody elected him as a leader, but he uh, ran the choir until the priest told him, uh, he couldn't sing certain songs, and then he told him where to put the choir immediately. You know, right. and uh, and he was always fired from any job he had because of insubordination. He didn't like a boss, so he really sadly should have been in business. But he had ten kids to feed, so that wasn't an option to try that out. You know, but um, I think I think the key thing with leaders is I don't think it's a talent you can learn. How to be a leader? I think you could learn how to be a better leader mm-hmm. through experience of doing it wrong. But I think for me, I think leadership is all about setting the example. If you're a good example and you're doing the right stuff that great people do, people will follow you. Right. It's as simple as that. People emulate you, imitate you, adore you, uh, be loyal to you. Um, but if you're not a leader by nature and you're trying to do the right things, people will like you, but they won't follow you. I think you have to almost be blind to your own leadership, quite honestly. I think you just have to be focused on doing everything you can to pull the ship ahead, you know? And then if if people see that and see how hard you're trying, they quietly elect you as a leader. I don't think it's something you could demand or get by a business card or an office by any means. I think people elect to follow you or not. Yeah, that's a great insight because it's almost the difference between um, being in love with the idea of being a leader or actually being in mm. love with leading, and being in love with leading is what you're talking about, which is actually just getting up Well, you're in love with leading. You're in love you're in, with right. influencing people. Exactly. Uh, you're in love with um, trying to help people be all they could be, even though that sounds hokey. You're in love with uh, letting people not get hurt, avoiding mistakes if you possibly can. Yep. Um, so if you're in love with all of those things, you're naturally leading exactly. the gang because these are all the things that people aspire to naturally. They want to be their best self. They want to be brave. They want to take chances. They don't want to look at themselves at night and think, oh, I should have, would have, could have. So if you're any of those things, you suddenly turn around, and a lot of people are happily marching right behind you. you know? Yeah, I love that. That's, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. How, how much does um, – obviously, you've been someone that's been – uh, 
you just never give up. The tenacity. We talk about that a lot of the show. I mean, no, I've given no, no, no. I've given up many times on stuff, hey. and I've held on to things a little too long mm. many times because I didn't want to give up. So I've made my fair share of uh, those whoppers as well. Right. You know? But I think uh, more than about the not giving up, I think uh, even much more important than that, even though I'm not underestimating that, I think it's the willingness to stay with something as long as you can. Mm. Then when you see that there's no way that this thing's got life or it's draining or you know, you're losing here because you're winning there, then I think it's very important to be decisive and give up and drop things, you know? Yeah. Even with people, even firing people is a is a, a momentum uh, 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 point in anyone's business career when they have to fire them. Uh, that's giving up. You're giving up on the person. Right. Uh, but it takes a certain amount of confidence that you realize that the person is never gonna, never gonna do it. You know. It seems like now you, you've you're at a place where you can. You're kind of the best of both worlds. You're running, um, obviously, successful business, being part of the show, and seeing and helping these other entrepreneurs. Um, what? Is, oh, it's a privilege. Yeah. yeah. What is what is maybe your favorite story um, since being on the show? Oh, God, I, I couldn't even imagine a, 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 a give me a category, yeah. a favorite story having to do with, oh, give me man. a category. Yeah. It's so eternally interesting, this show, yeah. no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Maybe. Give me a category. I'll narrow it down. Yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> um, an out of the, um, maybe an out of in the mud moment where someone just had no idea they could be, an, it was possibly an entrepreneur, and then here they are running a business, maybe, you know, maybe five, ten years ago. Was it well, you know, okay. I'm a little too about 100 people, but let me just shut it that. You know, everybody on this show is thinking they're an entrepreneur. Very few people are. Mm-hmm. You know, they have an idea, and they put it out there. They've given birth to the baby, but all that means is they've given birth to the baby. It doesn't mean they're an entrepreneur. So um, for me, a, a huge challenge for me is once I close on these businesses to decide really who are the entrepreneurs. And why is that so important to me? Because I only have so many hours in a day, so much energy, so much thought time and action time. So I want to make sure I'm spending it with the people who have a shot at succeeding. And so I've got to separate the men from the boys, the women from the girls. Um, I do find that what is a common ground with many of these wannabe entrepreneurs uh, that separate them immediately, probably within the first six months, nine months of working with them, is their inability to... to bounce back. And I know everybody talks about resilience is important. It can't be overestimated. But what I've learned to keep my eye on is when someone takes their first big hit, and there's always a few hits, not on Shark Tank night, which is like going to magic, magic land. All of a sudden, your sales are through the roof, blah, 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 blah. And then you place a big order, and then it doesn't get shipped, or the order is bad, or everybody at home hates it and sends it back. I mean, you're going you're gonna to hit your junk pretty fast after you go out of the sunshine of Shark Tank night. And so what I keep my eye on is how people handle that first bad hit, because they all get them. Yeah. And you know what I've learned to be the bellwether, uh, if that's the right word, I'm not sure I'm using that right, but the, the big signal that I've got a good one or a bad one, and that really dictates my energy from that day forward, is how they handle the hit. And what I find is two out of three of these un- who want to be entrepreneurs handle the hit is they go into a little bit of a funk. They start feeling sorry for themselves and blaming other people like, oh, but he ripped us off and oh, da, da, da. and it's in the space of feeling sorry for themselves in that lull right there mm-hmm. that I realize I don't have an entrepreneur on my hands. Wow. Because entrepreneurs by nature, like it's slammed and they take about a minute 
and then they come back fighting. It's just their nature. It's yeah. like, why does a racehorse race and a workhorse plows the field? Because a racehorse likes to race. And it's the same thing with the entrepreneurs. There's a certain wiring that they like. Their nostrils are flaring, and they're back up and running. And I can't tell you in the first couple of years on Shark Tank how I worked with different entrepreneurs and really thought I could change them. And after two years, I realized I'm not going to do this anymore. You don't change them. I would take an entrepreneur feeling sorry for themselves and maybe putting out, uh, I remember the first time it happened, so one of my entrepreneurs was putting out, oh, poor me stuff to their fans on Shark Tank, how they got ripped off on this or that. And I just like slammed them on purpose. On purpose, and I actually went out of my way to make make this particular young woman cry. Now it might sound mean, but I'm like, what would your daughter think? Would she be proud of you? What is she going to think when she reads these oh poor me emails five years from now, and she's old enough to understand it? Is this the way you want to be? Blah, blah, blah. I made her cry. But funny enough, even though she came back from that one with a lot of pushing and shoving, every time something went wrong, she went to that dark spot all uh. over again. So, is that an entrepreneur that's going to succeed? No. Is that an entrepreneur, now that I've met another four or five just like that young woman, that I'm going to push and shove to make them get back up? No. I realize if you don't have it in yourself, to get back up fast and stop feeling sorry for yourself, you're never going to make it in business. I've learned that lesson again and again, and I'm not going to unlearn it at any point along the way. Oh, that's a fascinating. I love that insight. It's so great. I mean, how many times do you think... Is that can you can you sense that on the the night of when you first meet him? Are there things that you're looking, it's hard. looking for? Nah, you know why? Because it's show business. They're on their game. They're doing the best they can. What you can sense is whether you have an idea that has enough common sense to it. That you can sense. Asking enough questions, you could certainly sense if the person's likable and is going to be a good on TV. That's important because they're on a TV medium. They better be good on TV, or they're not going to get updates. They're not going to get reruns. You know what I mean? Right. So. No, you have to, you can sense certain things, but no, you cannot sense, you can get an indication if if somebody's being asked a million questions and being attacked by the sharks and they're falling apart, then you know they're no good, right? They're not yeah. going to make it. But many people are so well-practiced they can handle that, but, that, but you've, you find out in short order, within, like I said, six, nine months, you usually have your first big disaster, and that tells all. That's interesting. You know, it's so true. Do you think that something can't, I know, I know you said that you can't, you, you thought at the time that you could change them or teach them. Is that something that somebody uh-huh. can, it's just all internal, right? It's, it's, are you? It's, it's so internal. No, so you can't true. change yourself. You yeah. know, a lot of people uh, grow up with a lot of hardship and they really don't have many chances in life. I mean, whatever chances you have, you're thinking that you just got the lucky ring, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever we have, whether it be a self-confidence, whether it be a rich dad, uh, whether it be someone who believed in you, you get your lucky things that help. But a lot of people don't get any of it. You know, they really don't get any of it. And so uh, why do some of those people build the biggest businesses uh, when they really came out with a hole versus some asset as kids, right? right? And I think some people are just wired for getting even. Like, oh, yeah, you told me I was going to be nothing. Watch me. People can be a tremendous motivator from a parent, someone who damned you to death, a teacher. You know, insult, insult, it depends how you are. It could either put you away or it could have you come back fighting. And that's just wiring. I yeah. think I'm not sure how how to explain that, but you can certainly tell the difference. Well, it certainly that was part of what happened to you. I mean, your boyfriend left you for your secretary, and you said, "I'll show you," type of thing. Isn't that right? Am I, am I phrasing that right? Even better than that, he said, "I'd never succeed without him." Oh, he gave me a wow. present. 
He said, you'll never succeed without me. Thank God what a gift. he gave me that gift. <laughs> if he had said, hey, you're going to be amazing, you know, I'm not sure I would have even succeeded. Yeah. You know, it fueled me for the next 20 years, surely. You know? Amazing. Do you deal with fear and uncertainty much now, or is it just something I... I Always. I'm insecure. Who isn't? Yeah, Anybody right. who says they're not, they're lying exactly. to you. No, of course, all the time. I don't really second-guess myself. That's the advantage of getting older. Right. Even when I'm wrong, I won't second-guess myself <laughs> on the system, right? You know, that's right. arrogance, right, which can right. be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, what was your question? I actually didn't answer it. I just your said, first word you said, do you what? Do you still oh, fear? deal with fear, fear and yeah. uncertainty on a daily? I mean, I, to, I, I'm coming to the yeah. understanding it's a daily basis for everybody. I really do believe that. Always. Yeah. You know what happens? If you didn't have a childhood, you wouldn't have fear. Right. If you could just grow up as an adult and pick your traits, you'd be fine. But all of us had something that went on as a kid, right? We all come with our, our luggage, our crap into life, right? Right. And so what happens is that's so deeply wired, it's very hard to defeat it, you yep. know? And yep. you really have to make some huge effort to try to shoot it in the eye. So for me, my thing, and everybody's got something, this I've learned about everybody, right? Mm. I had lovely parents, thank God, but I was a horrific student. So for me, the the pain of going through school as a stupid child scarred me, of course. Right. Who wouldn't be scarred by being the stupid kid in class, right? right? But what am I doing for the rest of my life? Proving the world I'm not stupid at all. Do I believe I'm not stupid? Yes. But put me in a situation where it's heated and I'm not sure and I'm off my game and right away I'm worried about being stupid again. You can't mm. kill it. Yeah. But which you can't kill the feeling, but what you can do is you can declare war on the action so that you don't succumb to it. So, you know, so for me, when I feel myself going down that rabbit hole, like Alice in Wonderland, or the, I'm shrinking, <laughs> when I feel that, I like kicking another tape in my head. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Screw you, blah, 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 blah. You know, I come yeah. back killing uh, because I've taught myself that tape. But everybody's got this stuff. There's right. nobody that's not working around something, you know? I love that. It's I call it slaying the dragon every day. You know, the dragon, you, nah. you may cut the head off, but <laughs> you got to square your shoulders every morning and, and it's because it's going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> not easy. Not, not easy. easy to be consistent on that's it. But right. you, you try to be as much as you can, you know? Oh, I love that. You know, we're wrapping up here. I'm always interested in people's, who people's heroes are, who they've looked up to. And I think, you know, if you could have the ultimate dinner party, just alive or dead, you bring five people and just have this kick-butt conversation in one night. Mm. Who would those five people be, you think? Oh, five people. That's a hard one. I can't. I just thought of one person. I'm lucky I thought of she just popped in my head. I would definitely want to have dinner with Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, and ask her, why didn't she marry Brett? <laughs> he was so drop-dead gorgeous, and he loved her so much, and he was perfect for her. What was going on that she went up with that other loser? Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. All right. But I can't remember his name. Yeah, that would be a good conversation to have, but I don't even know if she's real. Is that a fiction character? I think it's fictional. But we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, fiction. I'll, I'll give you a pass on it because that would, right. be, would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good conversation. I'd have to really get under her skirt and figure it all out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, anybody else that come to your mind? Um, well, because I lost my mother four years ago, oh, I would yeah. give my right tooth uh, to have one more night with her. Oh, you know? yeah. Of course. Just I would go in so prepared with 50 million questions that I forgot to ask, oh, even though I was always asking all the time. She really was my role model my whole life and so wise, almost like a um, a sage 
weighed in on anything in such a lovely way and was so smart in a meaningful way. So I would definitely uh, walk in with my 500 questions and not spend a minute of the time meeting. What about this? What about that? What about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would do. How old did she live to? Uh, 85, but she was very ill with dementia for the last three years, so you really didn't have the opportunity Mm -hmm. questions that we always did in the past, you know? And she was born born here, or did her parents immigrate, or did she immigrate, or...? Oh, yeah. Her parents were from Ireland, England, and, yeah, definitely. She grew up in Long Island City, as did my dad, grew up in New Jersey. Wow. Oh. Well, that's great. Everybody, always, I love it when people say someone that was extremely close to them. It always reminds me of how impactful and influential we are to the people closest to us. Sometimes we take that for granted, obviously, but, uh, yeah. The people, You're supposed to take it for granted. Yeah. That's what love's all about, that's right? right? That's right. But it's, it's the only stuff that counts right. in the end. It really is, yeah. Well, Barbara, I love the rest is entertainment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you on the show. We love watching you. My, my, all four of my daughters think you're great. You're their, you're their favorite to, um, to watch. That's, and they've so got good taste. They were so <laughs> excited. I was getting ready to talk to you. So uh, you're, you're a fan of the uh, Ryerson household. So. What, what are your girls' names? Uh, my oldest, girls or yeah, all girls. Yeah. Lauren, who just graduated high school, and then uh, Abby. Oh. She's a, she'll be a junior, and then uh, Bethany. Oh. She's going into seventh grade, and then uh, Emma. She's. Uh, going to be in a sixth, sixth grade or, oh yeah yeah, yeah. So grade, they're both grade. great ages uh even though they're teenagers they're eternally fascinating right they are Where that's the oldest sure. is a teenager the second one's about ready to pop that's right <laughs> yeah keeps me keeps me uh busy that's for sure it's chaos at the household oh, yeah. for sure but it's all good at, chaos. The, at the best at the chaos best with love that's right <laughs> well barbara thanks for coming on the show how can people reach out to you i'll have links to your website is there anything else special that uh, how can people yeah, can reach like out to, to you? follow us on twitter stuff like that i have a very active poster we really enjoy that uh we get great feedback so you know twitter whatever all of them they're all out there <laughs> you very know good. well barbara hang on the line for a second while i stop recording but uh, guys thanks for coming on the show My pleasure. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership eBook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.